The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite. From the Crosley Studios in Race City, USA, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast right here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio. This week, we're joined in studio again with co-host Adam Logan and, and a special guest, Eric Coombs. Eric is a, a longtime friend of mine and uh, kind of helped get me started a little bit in a, in a way whenever we used to work for Richard Petty Driving Experience. And he uh, wanted to come on and talk about his new, uh, his new venture with this go-kart series he's starting up. He's going to tell us a little bit more about that. And and a lot about what he's uh, a lot about his racing career and and life and times and I'm sure me and him's got some stories to share that will uh, be pretty interesting. Now Eric may not be a household name to to anybody that normally listens to this, but after this you're gonna you're probably gonna want his autograph. So anyway, so uh, what's going on today, Eric? Oh, not much, man. I just uh, I appreciate uh, you guys having me here in the studio and. Uh, Always good to see you, Kyle. You know, uh, usually I see you at the racetrack, but uh, it's nice to come up here and talk a little racing tonight. Yeah, sitting in this nice air-conditioned little, little kind of like a broom closet kind of sort of. We need to, we're going to get us a bigger one one day where we all three got a microphone and all. There was a bar in there. We need a bar. Yeah. So we'll be drinking doing this. Well, before we get too too far into this, we'll talk about a little bit about what happened over the weekend in the, in the racing community. And, uh, of course, the first thing I remember seeing this weekend was that race at Virginia Motor Speedway, the Ultimate Series, and kind of unfortunate circumstances there. At lap 23, they got some bad wind and rain, and they had to postpone it. And really want to give a shout out to Virginia Motor Speedway and Ultimate Series for for paying out, even though they didn't make it to the halfway point. A lot of those guys said it was better off uh, to go ahead and you know they they pulled the field and they said. We might as well go ahead and get paid out because it's a, it's a long haul back up here. So that, that was a neat deal. And then also, furthermore, the racetrack has posted today that they're going to give refunds back to the fans and everybody that wants it. That you know, but I, I think that's a that's a stand up move. But but me personally, if I was if I had attended that, I probably wouldn't send mine back in. I would just say, man, just keep it because we got to you guys made a valiant effort. So they got some racing in. Stand- so it's, it. I mean, halfway, I mean, seven laps. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, they already. 30, 23 laps they completed. They had, yeah, they were seven laps till the till the halfway deal. Right. So, I mean, honestly, the, the race wasn't going to change. Probably wasn't going to change much. Congratulations <laughs> they, to Ross Bells yeah, on Ross that. Ross Bells picked him up 20,000 to win. So. Tim McCready won a race this week. I don't have all this in front of me here like we, like we usually do. Give me a second. But, yeah, he, Tim McCready won yesterday at yep. West Burlington, Iowa, 34 Raceway, and, and that Lucas Oil race, he dominated that deal. And it was uh, it was pretty good, uh, pretty good win for him. Michael Page won down there at Sonoya Raceway. It was good to see Clint Smith back in a super late model. Oh, Roscoe. And a Roscoe oh, Smith Roscoe paint scheme. throwback. Uh, shout out to Jared Miley picking up his first World of Outlaw win there at Port Royal. The Jet got it done. He was. I watched a little. Bit, I watched that race and he was good. I yeah. mean, he he just. I mean, he just passed Eckert like he was sitting still. I mean, he just made his way up to. He found a groove in the middle of the racetrack and it worked for him. Everybody else had to either rely on the very top or kind of put around the bottom. He was able to momentum through the middle and got him ten grand. 
And also, I think that's his first one, isn't it? That's his first. That was his first World Outlaws win. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, congratulations to Max Blair too. We had Max on the podcast mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and he, uh, he, I asked him where they were going in a couple of weeks, and he said home, Pennsylvania. He knew he had a shot to, to get him a win. Of course, he's chasing Dennis Herb Jr. in the points, and Herb finished second in that deal, so he didn't really gain a lot of points, but he did get him a win. Congratulations. What about Marshalltown? Man, do you like that trip? That was a good trip, wasn't it? Man, I, I was tired. It took me a couple of days to recover after that one, Armstrong. Yeah. That was a long ride to work <laughs> the next lo- day, wasn't it? That was a it? long ride. Yes. We, the, that, can we tell them? I mean, I've been blowing. I mean, people have been blowing me up. We can, we can break the news. It was a joke, guys. <laughs> was a we joke. did not go to Marshalltown, Iowa. No, we were sitting there, me and Adam said, man, wouldn't it be funny if we just checked in on, <laughs> on Facebook? So. And within 10 minutes, we kept getting, well, where are you at? Who are you with? You working? I'm sure yours was blowing up. I had people that were jealous. I had people that were pissed. I had people that called me and cussed me and everything in between thinking I really went there. And <laughs> really? I'm going to do it again. I'll probably I'll check do, yeah. in. Well, where where are they check. running at tomorrow? You know, I'll check in. Yeah, we got any races this week? I was going to go to Millbridge tonight. It got uh, rained out. They got the they got that extreme dirt car midget series over there. And They're going to race it tomorrow, though, ain't they? It's supposed to be pushed back to tomorrow and, and Wednesday. So. Oh, so they are going to do both days. They just moved it back hopefully, a couple of days. Hopefully yep. the weather holds off. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be huge to get to see all them guys right here in our backyard. So. Oh, Young Money will be there. What is it? It's, it's Briscoe Racing 1? Is all yep. some of them NASCAR guys going to race it, too? Should be Nick Hoffman, T. Mez, I think, supposed to be there. Hoffman bringing out his. Hoffman will be there. Eric knows more about this. You can chime in. Who's, who's going to be there at the midget deal at the Millbridge? You know, a lot of a lot of different racers. Um, I, I haven't really looked at the entry list, but uh, when I did get a snapshot of it, I did see some really big names, uh, names that you're just not used to seeing, you know, in North mm-hmm. Carolina when it comes open wheel stuff. So it'll be a great show. Yeah. I think I think the outlaws stepping up and actually promoting that series and and kind of giving those guys an avenue to race. Um, besides, what what else is there for them midget guys? What is it? Power Power Eye? Power Eye or USAC? Yeah, Power Eye, which is mostly Midwest and or USAC. So it it's a different avenue for those guys. Yeah, that that track. I went, we went there last year, Armstrong, when they had the midgets. It was. It's a little boring. I go there when they get those cars out there, it's a little boring. I go there every opportunity I get. Millbridge is uh, literally the the hidden gem of North mm. Carolina. It's the best racetrack in the state by far. It puts on some good racing. Yeah, get them micros out there and the midgets out there. Slide job city. Slide job city. Uh, of course we will. Let's see. So then Tyler Herb won there at Farley, Iowa, on Friday night, three hundred raceway. And Dennis Herb Jr. picked up the win in the World of Outlaws at Marion Center Speedway or Marion Center Raceway in Pennsylvania. Not to those two are no relation between the two, but no. uh, Jensen Ford got him a big one. Yeah, and Jensen Ford Jensen held off Ford Brandon won. Overton at Natural Bridge. That was a neat little race. It was cool to see that track on TV there. So surely, surely there was a lot of other races, but y'all don't want to hear us ramble about all that. No, y'all know what happened. Yeah, everybody watched it. We don't uh, need to do another recap on them races. Y'all watch them. Y'all know what happened. So we've got a, a little open house to tell you guys about coming up this Thursday here, yeah, in, so, uh, here in Mooresville. If anybody's in the area and can come out to this. Yeah, Thursday night um, from 4 to 8, um, Cirque Motorsports. Um, they're a newer company. They've kind of partnered up with us at SRI. Um, they are in the radiator and oil cooler cleanings. So... 
Um, that's what they specialize in. You bring their, you bring your radiator, your oil cooler, um, in any any form, like any any stage. Brand new, they really suggest you know bring your new radiators and oil coolers um, over there to them to clean, and then throughout the year um, clean them as you as you're racing. But like I said, they partnered up with us, and so um, Thursday night they're having an open house from four to eight. Um, there'll be free uh, food and drinks there. And Megan Fowler is going to be uh, playing. Um, I think she's a Georgia country music superstar. singer, superstar of the year last year. So she's going to be there playing music. And um, like I said, uh, if y'all can, in the area, stop out, uh, meet the guys, Chris Dilbeck and all them. Um, they got a really good thing going on over there. So um, come check them out. Like I said, free food, drinks, and a little concert, and just meet them guys over there. Um, we'll be over there with SRI, so... You can come get our autographs if you want to. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, man, I've uh, I've actually had the opportunity before they got got the wheels up and going and turning on that on that project there, Cirque Motorsport, and it is a state of the art facility, and it's something that uh, it's something that we're lucky and thankful to have here in our backyard. We've never had it before. They've they've been overseas and they in England. And yeah, they've mainly messed with like the F one cars and Indy cars <clears throat> over there overseas. It's, that's where the company is based out of. And, um, like I said, they're just bringing that technology over here to the U S and so, um, they've, they've, you know, slowly got in, you know, through the, through the racing market. They've started kind of with the short track asphalt stuff and they're, they're growing with the NASCAR, um, manufacturers and engine builders and stuff like that. And, um, trying to get us, um, any, any of your dirt guys, uh, I promise you it's, it's well worth it. Come out there, check it out. Um, meet the guys and have, you know, hear what they got to say as far as what they're, what they can offer for you for your, your race team, for sure. You talk about some of these long races and overheating and, uh, all that. You take your stuff to them and have it cleaned out yeah. and going through it. You'll have that longevity that you've been it, the, looking the for. The biggest and, thing is that they, they get all the contaminants out of your, your cooler. So, you, I mean, you think I got a brand new one, but they weld that thing up. There's all sorts of fine debris all in, in your oil cooler. And where's the first thing you do? Where's that stuff go when you fire up your engine? Right into your, you know, oil pump in your motor. So, um, like I said, they they really suggest they're big on, you know, brand new stuff. Get it cleaned. So you put a, you know, a fresh cooler, fresh, you know, radiator in your car when you fire it up, there's no contaminants in there and, you know, runs cooler. Um, so come check them guys out. Yeah, man, we'll be out there. That'll be a good time there. Thursday night, May, May 26th, May 26th. Yes. Four to eight. So come check them guys out. And we appreciate Dillbeck and all them guys over at Cirque for what they, you know, what they're doing for the sport and what they're doing for us. Yeah, it's going it's to be a game changer, that's for sure. And then, of course, as usual, we want to thank Superior Pools of South Carolina for for their help sponsoring us, Earl Ramey Racing Engines and SRI Performance for everything they do. They give us a paycheck every two Man, weeks. Man, they sponsor us every two weeks. <laughs> they give us, yeah. Every they do. two weeks, <laughs> they, give us, they give us a sponsorship. So, well, we want to give a shout-out to all those guys. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Forward Bike Podcast and come back on the other side and introduce you to Eric Coombs. Stay tuned. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. 
Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. We're here joined by Eric Coombs, like I said, and of course, Adam Logan. He's still here, so. I'm Eric. still here. He ain't <laughs> ran me off yet. I know. <laughs> I keep coming back. Well, Eric, you, uh, we wanted to have you in here tonight to talk about this new go-kart series that you're starting up. First of all, let's talk about that, and then we'll get to know a little bit more about your background. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I uh, The older I get, the more I try to wind down and not take stuff on, and uh, here we go again. So uh, last year, I was lucky enough to get invited. <clears throat> There's a great family uh, up in Indiana that every year, they get together and they have this go-kart track. It's a flat dirt track with a little bit of sand in it right in the front yard. And, uh, you know, it's a friends and family deal. And I was able to go up there and race last year. And uh, on the way home, we just talked more and more and said, hey, you know, we can turn this into something. You know, there's a market for this. And uh, they've been doing this for about nine years. And, and this year we're, we're a true series. So uh, we kick it off this weekend, Memorial Day weekend in Indiana. Uh, just outside Indianapolis and Columbus. Uh, we're going to run three different style racetracks uh, this weekend, all 100 lap races, um, but they're backyard go-kart tracks. So we can we can change things on the fly, and um, the name of the series really tells a story. We are, you know, you think of the old IROC logo. It's the same logo, but instead of the C, it's an M because we're the international race of morons there we go <laughs> and uh that's exactly what we are but um you know we, we're looking for an inexpensive cheap way to to race have fun have a little bit of fellowship and uh maybe drink a few cold beers when we're done now is this open to anyone or is this just invitation only it's open to anyone and and that's what we're looking for because there's a lot of people i believe is we've all been around the racing industry you know for a long time and the cost continues to go up and this is a type of racing where you know a guy that might tune into flow racing every week can say you know i want to i want to get out there and feel what it's like to get sideways and do a little racing and and rub some fenders and this is a series for that person because we literally have the harbor freight predator engine and purposely have to have an older go-kart chassis you know can't be something you go up and, and, and have built on the jig to come race with us because it probably isn't going to be fast but we provide the tires that way it keeps the the prep game out of it uh cheap motor and when you show up at a racetrack you're liable to lose your engine before you ever hit the track um we're going to draw you know numbers and and you're liable to change engines with anybody in the field and that that kind of keeps the competition close and all the races are 100 laps so uh it's just a good chance to go out have fun and experience it um, I think I'm the youngest guy in the field, and I'm, I'm fixing to turn 40 here in a couple of months. And uh, The seniors I, tour. Yeah, I, I think I'm the youngest guy in the field, but it is. It's open to everybody, and uh, we're going to bring it down to the Carolinas Labor Day weekend. There's a couple of really nice uh, backyard tracks in Kannapolis, and uh, we're excited to get it down here. Cool. Well, uh, where is that? Uh, what's I guess what's the name of that track up there, or does it have a name? Yeah. So, uh, great story. Uh, in Columbus, the our main track is the Moron Mile, <laughs> and uh, it's the real deal. Like you roll in, and this thing has lights. Uh, it's got grandstands, and it's got a legit sign going into turn one with the Moron Mile logo. So, 
<laughs> we packed a track in with uh with water tracks and golf carts and uh we just go out there and have a great time now it sounds to me like you need a streaming deal for this so we can watch it live hey we're all ready over the country i mean i'm telling you uh, if you go to our facebook page we just launched it a few weeks ago um international race of morons we've we put some content from the last couple of years uh we have a really uh, great group of guys that that edit the videos and, and just kind of show the story of what we do up there and uh it, it gives you the gist of what we do you know some guys are out there in t-shirts some guys have open face helmets just because and uh it's just nothing but fun and that's what we want to do Having fun. I, I think this is my type of racing moron. I think I can <laughs> absolutely. I think I could fit in with these guys. If we had a little bit more notice, we would have put something together. Really, I think. I'm sure I, we could have find like, find a cart. Yeah, I had one. You know, I had a couple at one time, and would have been perfect for this if I would have just yep. kept them around. And uh, we'd have we'd have we'd have been up there this weekend to do this. Well, we got till Labor Day. So that's true. Come in our backyard. So we got till Labor Day on. We'll be behind day. in the point standings day uh, by then. And that's and that's the next phase of our series is is we're going to acquire carts over time. So guys like you that want to come out and race, yep. you know, you can just rent them from us. So you don't have to have the investment of a go kart yeah, engine. You just cool. pay the fee, come out and race a few races, and uh, then you got some memories forever. That'd be a heck of a lot of fun. This is just so so. Bottom line: this is group of guys getting together backyard. We're racing track. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's about 20 of us that's racing this weekend, and everybody makes the A main. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get to the, the point of B mains, but that's really one of our internal goals to get that much interest. And um, But we are morons, so we probably will start uh, if we have too many cars. So we're, we're liable to do just about anything. Well, there, there's this DNQ series that runs at Millbridge a whole lot. And I think by the time they come to Kannapolis here, I think some of those guys may latch on and. I know several of them guys we can that probably are listening to this. That are they welcome? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've known Eddie to hunt for a while and and watched the DNQ series grow. And uh, you know, I never want to try to compete with something like that because they they've got a really really great series. But um, you know, I do think in the back of my mind at some point we could do a some kind of a shootout. You know, DNQ versus the Morons or something. But uh, there's definitely a market for it. Yes, definitely. I've been over. We got a guy that we work with, kind of races that DNQ series, and I thought, you know, everything I've known about go kart racing is you got a trailer with the whole side of it. It was nothing but prep tires and you know, built motors and all that stuff and stuff. And show up there, and he's got four tires, no prep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, takes it over there on the back of his pickup ta- truck. Back of his pickup truck, rolls it out there, and and everybody's out there racing. I mean, it's you know, it's close racing. Um, I mean, they change it up out there. They do the Roval out at Millbridge and stuff like that. But it's it's a very competitive, uh, economical class for some of these guys that want to get in go kart racing. So seems like same same track as them guys. Like I said, you don't want to step on their toes, but kind yeah. of the kind of the same deal. Absolutely, and uh, I mean, if you want to laugh, you just watch a DNQ race on YouTube. <laughs> it's the best, and the, the content is incredible. And uh, you know, it's really fun to watch what they've done. Do we get mad? Who? Do we get mad? No, not at all. No, 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 no temper tantrums. Not that I know of, but okay. the, you know, it's in the rule book. If if somebody wants to act a fool, then they just don't need to come back. There's, okay. There's no clubbing baby seals or anything like that. No, but I will say, you know, Cliff, don't you? I, I do know Cliff, and it, it's funny <laughs> you said his name because he was 
setting up a go-kart today uh, for one of our competitors. A, a guy called me up and said, yeah, Cliff's scaling my cart out right now. So uh, <laughs> it, it's starting to grow some legs down here. Well, awesome. I don't know. What else have we got to cover on that? I want to get into diving into some of your life and times and career. Yeah, that's, you know, with the racing series, that's it. We're just, we're starting and uh, we're already working on some sponsorship for next year uh, because we really want to build it in the Carolinas. Um, our marquee event will probably always be in Indiana. Yep. Uh, our, our big event is the Miller Lite 100. That is this Sunday. Uh, so we'll be going I'm head to head. every minute of this. Yeah, we'll be going head to head with the Indy 500 as far as ratings, I'm sure, uh, on Sunday being in the same state. But, they yeah, better, we're going to. They better watch out. I think y'all get more ratings. That's right. right. That's there was right. a lot of, speaking of that, though, in all seriousness, there was a lot of people in the stands there yesterday just to watch qualifying, knock out qualifying mm-hmm. at, the, uh, at, at Indianapolis. Well, just take a bulldozer to Indianapolis and just build a track in there. <laughs> they got one in there, really. Oh, they do. That's right. They did build a midget yeah, track. Yeah, they had the Clawson yeah. deal up there. Yeah. yeah, that track is still there. So, Eric, you're uh, originally from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, correct? Just south of Louisville, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green, okay. Yep. That's right. Yep, and uh, graduated high school 22 years ago and uh, packed my little 92 Thunderbird and headed south so I could be part of this racing deal and haven't left since well what we have in common is we both went to the same college you're a little old you're about 10 years older than me but uh but we both uh went to rowan cabarrus community college in their motorsports program and had richmond gage teach us everything we knew and uh and that i guess that's kind of the connection there how we met but man that was a well i guess how was that when you came down here to to go to that school and all that it was incredible um you know, because I, I grew up um, in Kentucky, of course, and I raced street stock cars on, on Friday nights and and then Saturday night. You know, we'd go down south and run a Highland Rim Speedway just north of the fairgrounds track in Nashville. And uh, just to come down here and be in Concord near Charlotte Motor Speedway, all the racing shops when you're 18 years old was uh, was pretty incredible. And then to go to school every day and learn about the business of motorsports, it was probably some of the best times of my life yeah for sure i learned a lot out of there too and uh, apply quite a bit of that on a daily basis even today so it was uh it was a it was a neat deal of course jacqueline brush i mean jacqueline rumley is uh doing that program now and she's a uh, her and kevin they listen to this show a lot so shout out to them but uh yeah she's kind of running that program she came through there and She's, that's still a, a going thing. So if anybody listening to this is wanting to break into the motorsports deal, I think that's probably one of your best bets. I mean, me and you have been kind of, I don't know, ambassadors for it in a way, you know, trying to, as uh, alumni, I guess you would say. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so cool about it is I think of the people that I went to school with at that time, and even in your class growing older, you know, they're prominent people in motorsports now. Of course, everybody knows you in the dirt world, and then everybody knows Jacqueline in the dirt world now, right? But, you know, I think back, you know, Matt McCall went to school with us. Uh, you know, we'd skip school and go to ride go-karts at North Tryon Speedway. And, uh, uh, you know, Matt Carter, you know, he was very uh, successful ARCA racer. He was in class with us. And later on down the road, Brandon McReynolds, people like that went, through that program and it's just really cool to to see how it all worked out i I missed that i me growing up in alabama i didn't know nothing nothing about that till 
I get, you know. Scott Krill. Scott Krill. So I kind of, I knew Scott Krill because we kind of dirt raced with him. A buddy of mine, we, we raced for the Krill brothers. And um, I was old. I'm older than Krill. So um, when he did that, I was already out of college. I went to University of Alabama, did all that stuff. And then now I'm working in racing, you know, tr- you know, in the dirt track stuff. And then he graduates high school and said, I'm going to North Carolina. I'm like, what? What are you going for? He said, uh, Rowan Carabas. I'm on motorsports management. I'm like, I wish I knew about that when I was younger because <laughs> I'd have been all over that because I grew up – I love racing. I want to be involved with it and, you know, grew up watching the NASCAR stuff, going to the dirt tracks, and, and I wanted to be involved in the sport, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know a program like that existed. So it's pretty cool. You know, we need to get out there and, and tell some of these, you know, kids in high school and stuff like that. There's there's programs out there if you want to get involved in the sport in any way. I mean, not just NASCAR, some dirt stuff, drag race or whatever. There's, there's programs out there for you to, you know, plug well, into. and. Well, we're, we're not – you know, being paid or anything no, by saying but, this, but like for real, like if any, if any young listeners listen to this, you can take some of their online classes and and get that certificate and and, and learn a whole lot about sponsorship proposals and you know all that kind of useful stuff. If you're if you're a young racer or anything, it's it's pretty useful to know. But yeah, that we got a lot out of that, and then and then of course you were working there for the Richard Petty driving experience for a long time. You were kind of like one of the, I guess one of your. I guess your title was general manager or something, maybe. Or I did everything <laughs> yeah. at Richard Petty Driving Experience, and just very thankful for for that because I I really believe that that place shaped who I am, and it's the same thing. Anybody that worked there for any period of time, you know, they generally go on and are pretty successful because we learned how to work hard and and do things ourselves. But yeah, I was there. I uh, you know I started working for the Bakers when I moved down uh, in their driving school, Randy Baker, Buddy's brother, had a really nice driving school. Um, You know, I tried the team thing, but I just couldn't get away from driving. And uh, so I went to work for Randy Baker at his driving school. And, um, you know, when we would pull in, we would always have to get on the track after Richard Petty driving experience. And I would literally just sit there and look at their program and and how well it was ran and how big of an operation it was and just wanted to be a part of it. And uh, they wouldn't hire me in the beginning. And uh, so I took a job pressure washing all the cars and that lasted for a few weeks and worked my way into the mechanical shop and that led on into the fabrication shop. And Mike Wickham and Steve Zacharias were on the operational side and they were able to kind of steal me from the shop and and get me on the more of the driving side and and working into the business side of it. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of miles on the road. <laughs> um, you really did do it all there, though. I did, and you know it was fun to be part of it when when things took off because we just got busy overnight, you know, back in the heyday. So a lot of fun. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the busy heyday there at Richard Petty Driving Experience. Stay tuned. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I know most of you people that listen to this are, are always, we're always dirt lake model centric, but uh, man, this guy beside me, he's he's been to some dirt races, but we're, before we get to all that, I still, we're still touching on this Richard Petty driving experience because I'm fascinated about that and you, you kind of brought me on at a time and uh, it was there while I was in college and 
I sent my resume in and you you hired me and then and then uh, I guess it was one Saturday I called you and I said, man, I, I'd like to come over there and work today or at least see what's going on. He said, let me see. You called me about an hour later and said, get on over here. <laughs> and I went over there and it was like, uh, y'all kept me busy for a lot of, a lot of weekends over there and, and, and weekdays too. And it was, a, and it's like you said, it was a good opportunity for me. There's a lot of those people that were, that were, uh, th- that were pretty good to know and, and still, still are. So uh, I guess talk talk tell us a little bit more about the uh, the explosion of that whole deal because you were kind of a part of that as far as far as like it you know blowing up and being so popular. Yeah, you know it it started off in in just Charlotte, uh, right there behind the speedway, and over time we kept growing. Then then we had the Vegas location. Then they had the property in Orlando, you know, at Disney World, uh, that really kind of took it to another level as far as exposure. Um, and then the demand just kept pouring in and you could literally watch the business grow by seeing the call center and, and how that grew. It went from two people answering the phones to 22 people answering the phones. And at any time you could just log in and take a customer. And it was just unbelievable. Um, I remember snow days in the winter, you know, we had to four wheeler and and do whatever we could you know, to get to the shop and our primary goal was to answer the phones because there was business there. Um, but as the business demand grew, we started building these traveling um, units, business units out of Charlotte where, you know, we would hit the Bristol, Richmond's, uh, everything outside of Charlotte, uh, Atlanta. Then we had a location in Atlanta and then we branched off and built location in the Midwest too. So, um we, we went to 26 cup tracks, I think, at one time. We went pretty much everywhere but Dover. Um, then we branched out and started going with road courses, and we even tried Martinsville there for a little while. So uh, it, it was just incredible because being there during that time as a driver, um, there was some pretty hairy moments because we would go to these tracks for the first time and have to, you know, learn what made those cars work on the older tires and, uh, to be able to give a great experience to the fan that wanted to either ride or drive the car. So it was, uh, it was a lot of work to make that happen, but loved every minute of it. So it blew up. Like you said, you went from two people answering the phones to 20 people, and then you branched out. What what do you think caused that to, to blow up? Like, was it something that you guys were doing, you know, day to day, or was it just you think it was the popularity of the sport, or what? what why did it blow up? There's a couple things, you know, that really took it to the next level. And, and back in that 04 through 07 time frame, NASCAR was prominent. It was popular. Like, you, you went to the Coke 600, there's 160,000 people there. Um, and Richard Petty Driving Experience really did a great job of putting on a great product and being a part of those events, whether it was you know, stuff outside the track where we said, hey, this is what our cars look like. Uh, you can come drive this car. Uh, a really, really great marketing guy, Chris McKee, that worked for us that I think was, you know, he didn't get a lot of credit at the time, but he really put our name out there and, and drove it home with his connections. And then we started doing driver relations stuff. So you think about Earnhardt Jr. at that time, you know, we we were able to go to Anheuser-Busch and Dell Jr. could give those executives ride-alongs. 
you know, and, and I'll, we started developing things like that, that these drivers could do for their sponsors. And then it just, you know, just took off from there. It was pretty cool. <clears throat> oh, it was, it was a neat deal. We got to do a lot of things like that. I remember like Ryan Newman came out and gave ride alongs one night and it was, he was in that tornadoes sponsored car. Uh, you know, like that you buy in the grocery yep. store. Well, on the package at the grocery store, it had a thing on there, win a ride and a Richard Petty driving experience. So what you're just talking, and I was, I worked that night. I remember that. And But what you're talking or what you're saying is so true. Like th the logo was everywhere. You'd go in the grocery store and there'd be thousands of packages on the shelf that had that on there. When I, and I was there when all those people that won those contests or whatever came out and did that that night. And mm -hmm. so many different things like that that we did. It was so unreal. That's like that. And like you said, they moved down when Disney had that track down there. I mean, they just made it part of their theme park pretty mm -hmm. much. Like, you know, Disney's a marketing machine. But, you know, when they built that racetrack down there, I mean, I do remember going down there. And it, like it was, that was part of the, like, go, you go to Disney World or you Go ride a car, you know, go drive the Richard Petty driving because it was there. It was almost like they incorporated it into their deal. So, so that was pretty, you know. Yeah. And I think about some of the drivers that, that came through over time, you know, that, you know, when the Dillon boys, Austin and Ty, you know, before they started racing trucks, you know, Richard put them through our program and it really wasn't as a student, but Hey, in between classes, Eric, I need you to go out on the racetrack and, and, and one of the Dillon boys going to follow you. They want to see what Charlotte feels like, show them the high line, show them the low line. And then we would alternate, do stuff like that. I remember Brian Clawson, you know, he, he would come out on Saturday mornings and, and follow us in the ride car just to get some stock car experience before his nationwide deal took off. And, um, you know, it was for some people. And it wasn't for other. I remember Kevin Swindell uh, came to work for us. That lasted about half a day. <laughs> he came up and he's like, you know what? This isn't for me. It's not fast enough. But I uh, appreciate the opportunity. But, you know, it's just those are great stories to me now. You know, when I go to the Chili Bowl every year and, and follow dirt racing, I look back on some of that stuff going, man, that, those are some pretty high-end people that, that we brought through. So, yeah. when, so when you did that, like, you were the driver. Like you, you, you took people in, you know, Hey, I'm going to ride along. I'm riding with you. Like you, you grew up street stock racing and stuff like that. Like did a lot of that, you know, did you take that over there and like, okay, now I'm going to go Charlotte and make laps or did you have people around you like, Hey, lift here, you know, we need the gas up here. Or is that just all on you as a, as a driver? Yeah. And it was, you know, me getting opportunity was by accident, right? Okay. Going, going to work for Randy Baker uh, was the best thing that ever happened to me because he was able to get the street stock style of driving out and say, hey, this is how you drive a car. Okay. Um, and, and working for him for a couple of years really honed in my skills to where when they gave me a shot at Petty's, it was, it was easy because Petty's stuff drove really good. And I had experience on some of those tracks and uh, was able to kind of progress up that way. Can we name drop some more of those people that worked with us? Because I mean, we had some we had Man. some star studded. I don't know about star studded, but we had some characters that we worked with there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I I think Billy Weiss worked for us there for a little while, yeah. and Stephen Light. Uh, Stephen Light worked worked there a long time. He did. He worked there a long time, and he was working with us when he was out running up front in nationwide races, which was always pretty cool. I always a little jealous of that, but. Um, did you ever feel, I mean, I hate to break up, but I mean, 
you're driving these things all day. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the Dylan boys come in there, you, the Stephen Light. Like, well, you're like, well, what about me? What about me? I'm, I'm teaching these guys. They're following me. Did you ever think that maybe, hey, Richard Childers up there, look at me. I'm Absolutely. Did, and you, did anything ever, did something ever materialize or begin to, did you ever get a phone call or? Um, you know, there was one conversation that I got excited about, but it's funny you asked that because nobody ever asked that. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of us that probably struggled with that internally for a long time because we knew we could do it. Yeah. There was nothing we couldn't do. You're in doing it every cars. day. You're doing it every day. And, you know, we ran a Coke 600 every day at Charlotte. We would run 400, <laughs> 450 yeah. miles a day. And we could tell you every bump, every seam in that track. And, you know, nobody ever asked, what could, could you do it? But, you know, Brad Doherty come out. He loved to drive our cars, mm-hmm. even though he's nine foot nine or whatever he is. But uh, <laughs> we would we would somehow shove him in there with Fitting a shoehorn. But, you know, we had a conversation one time, and he got my number. And, of course, nothing materialized out of it. But I remember the hope that I carried for a couple of weeks going, hey, you know what? All it takes is is that relationship, and you don't know what it could do because at that time we knew we could comment something and, and get it done. And that was cool to you. Yeah, that's a cool point too. You never knew who you were meeting because these people that did this were obviously, I don't, I mean, they were obviously all their own businesses or they were well off or they wouldn't be coming and doing an experience like this. So you never know who that next person you're going to meet. And if you make an impact on them, they might want to sponsor you or yeah, that's help your, you know, help your program or whatever, you know, and I, I always really appreciated meeting a lot of those people that we did. And from a driver's standpoint, we were repetition. You know, we had cones where we lifted and cones where we got back on the gas. But it taught us how to be consistent in a race car. So when we did get to race, it was easy because we may not be the fastest car, but we beat them over a 50-lap race because we were consistent. That's what NASCAR is. Absolutely. It's not the qualifying lap every time. You got to, like you said, 50-lap runs, you know, 60-lap runs. Where are you going to be at the end of that? That's right. If you're consistent, you might be a tenth slower than that guy, but over 50 laps, <laughs> but he, went, a, he dropped. James Country Stevenson listens to this. I ran into him at the. I ran into him at two different casinos. And I don't even go to the casino a lot. Maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> but he uh, he told me he listens to this, and we got to give him a shout out. You got a good story on him? Yeah, I got a it? bunch of stories <laughs> of him. Um, there's probably a few that we can't share. Oh, on I know. Here, but but you know that he's a great example of. He could have he could have done it if Absolutely. he would have had the chance. You know him, Andy Thurman. Yeah. You know people like that. Um, heck, even look at Kyle Bonzenor, Right. He's he's in a Wayland modified running yep. up front every week, and Kyle was one of our drivers. But you know James Stevenson was one of those guys that just had that natural ability. You could put him in anything. Um, not only could he get the car around the track, but he could tell you exactly what it was doing. Um, to a spark plug misfiring or a wheel weight falling off. He was one of those guys that just had that feel. Um, and if you needed to change anything up, he was he was the guy that could that could do that. But yeah, he was a wild man too. I say we uh, we closed down many of bars on anywhere between here and California. I'd say for a number of years. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, I always his his quote to me was always with. You know, on a Friday, would be packing it up, and he'd say, well, I'm going to go to Hooters and watch the truck race. If y'all want to go, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. A lot of times we would do that. Yep. And uh, watch the truck race at 
Hooters or whatever, whatever and talk, ball. And talk smack about the drivers and talk, that were racing. They, they would. Were, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to a T. But, man, that was a cool deal. I got to go to uh, probably 15 different cup tracks at that time, and that was a neat opportunity for me. And you mentioned what before we started here. You drove on every single one except for Dover. So uh, so you, you've got a lot of experience in the seat on these NASCAR tracks. Yeah, and they, they changed over time, but um, that was always, you know, still being a fan of the sport, um, it really intensified that because I could watch the race and knew exactly what they were talking yep. about. And they were talking about hitting that seam in the turn one or talking about the old Darlington where the old asphalt almost built a cushion before the wall. I knew what they were talking about, you know, because I, I felt that. Uh, so I was always fascinated about that. Well, Eric, I, I know uh, I know you. that's not all you did. I watched you race some USAC stuff over at Concord and at the little track behind Concord. It's all tore down and gone away now, but I saw you win a bunch of races over there and, and also at Hickory and other places. I guess it was those Ford Focus midgets, USAC, and uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that was probably the best opportunity I ever had to, to race. Um, you know, Richard Petty Driving Experience owned a few of those USAC midgets, and Barry Graham, the guy that owned Richard Petty Driving Experience from Australia, you know, very prominent in the, the open wheel world, and they built those cars and, and uh, with Brad Knopfsinger and Mark Daly and some of those guys and really grew that series in the southeast. And when I got to do that, that was good equipment, and I was able to kind of use my, my talent a little bit. Um, those were probably the most fun I've ever had racing. Um, uh, a USAC midget on asphalt uh, was was not easy. And, you know, somebody that, that had a little bit of finesse and a little bit of the want to to get it in the corner, you know, you could you could put on a show. And we had a lot of fun racing those cars for sure. That was a neat little track back behind Concord for sure. Yeah, that was my favorite. You know, we, we would go to Hickory and Franklin County and Southern National and, and some of these big tracks. But when you put us on that quarter mile bull ring, that, that's what I grew up racing. Yep. You know, I mean, you got to use the brakes, you got to save the tires, and uh, you just got to put it all together at the end of the race. And, and we raced there on Wednesday nights, which was different at the time. And uh, man, I'd like to go back and do it one more time. We'll take a quick break here and we'll come back and talk about one more time here on the Forward Bike Podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're here with Eric Coombs. We'll go about another 15 minutes here and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Eric, it's been a pleasure to have you come out tonight. You're talking about doing a little bit of USAC racing there. What else of, uh, what other kind of racing have you had the opportunity to do since then? You know, when the USAC deal ended, that was that was really when the money started to kind of take over in the sport. I mean, it's always been there, but that was a perfect example. You know, I wasn't the guy that had money, and there were people that had money that wanted to drive those cars, and it was like, hey, Eric, sorry, it's you know, it's you're, business decision. Yep, you're out. Yeah, we can lease these cars and make money. Uh, where you're just driving the snot out of them and winning races, but we're not getting anything for that. Um, so when that deal ended, it was pretty hard to swallow. But, you know, I got into the mini cup style cars, and uh, me and another guy in Harrisburg, you know, started putting dirt bodies on them. And Ronnie Sims, that used to work at Stuart Haas, you know, really kind of took that to the next level. And we put these dirt late model bodies on them and went and raced it. You know, Jeremy and Ashley's awesome Millbridge Speedway and 
uh, we built a little series and we raced those things from here to Florida, you know, a couple nights a week. And, and we did that for about six years and had a lot of fun doing that. So uh, that's probably where the interest of the karting series came in. I, I enjoyed running that series yep. and building it to where it's at. Um, and then, you know, as time got, you know, we had real jobs and, and couldn't focus on it anymore. So um, now we're kind of doing the same thing with the carts. We were talking, you mentioned dirt lake model racing right there, and you are a real uh, fan and a student of the sport. I know you've uh, you had the opportunity last year to go to the World 100, the biggest dirt track race, arguably, that there is. And you made the trip up there, and uh, I kind of was behind the scenes on that a little bit in a way. So uh, tell us, I guess, tell us a little bit about how that trip was for you. Yeah, you know, that was a Christmas present. My wife has done some really good Christmas presents for me over the years, and that's probably been my favorite one. Uh, she chance. asked for my advice on that. She says, she says, uh, what, what should I get Eric for Christmas? And then of course I was, like, I was like world one or she said Knoxville nationals or world 100. World I said, 100. well, world 100, world because 100. I'll be there is what I thought. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she got them. But the worst part about that was, and I didn't mean to interrupt your story here, but the worst part about that was, was you had to wait almost two years before yeah. you ever got to go. I was one of the guys that had the 2020 tickets, but yeah. when we finally got there, I got to see two of them in one weekend, uh, which meant, you know, we probably party a little harder than we <laughs> wanted to, but um, that's, that's that's Eldora for. But you. we had so much fun. You know, we're there's about eight of us going this year, uh, so we all just got our camping spots last week, and uh, yeah, we'll be heading there in September. Sweet, I'm headed up there in a couple of weeks for the Dream and the Million, and not going to miss the world either. That's the two yeah, marquee. That, Eldora just puts on such a good event, just as far as like the camping, you know, just the fan experience of it and the and the racing itself it's, it's hard not to go up there yeah and, if you've and, never been you you have to go oh, yeah. and just experience it one time it's it's unreal. tv doesn't do it justice either no. you know that's the thing like they on on tv you get to watch what the cameraman wants you to watch like if you go there you can your, your peripheral vision will catch all of it and it's it's just so much better to to be there live and that's the case with anything like we're thankful to have all these races streamed and on tv and everything but there's still oh yeah nothing like going and yeah it's like i go i went this weekend i, I worked the the all-star weekend for for work and stuff and you sit there and you watch these you know these cup cars go around the track on tv and you're like yeah they're going 180 but okay but like when you go there and you stand on pit road and they haul ass into turn one and it's like yeah they're really going 180 like you, you've got to experience it mm -hmm. you know it's, it's great like you said you can watch all these races on online and stuff but if you don't you don't get the experience of speed or, you know, dirt racing, the dirt in your I mean, face. Or, anybody that listens to this is hardcore anyway. They're going to be there. They're so going to be there. Pretty much. We're not really. We're, we're not We're not knocking nobody. It's just, we're it's, not. just it's just our opinion. You've got yep. to go to, you know, you've got to experience a race. But, you know, I've, I've wanted to go to World 100 since I was real little. Yeah. You know, I grew up going to dirt tracks in, in Kentucky. Uh, I was a big, you know, Blackjack Boggs oh, fan, yeah. the B4 car growing up. And I remember going to Clarksville Speedway, um, sitting behind a guy in the stands that had a World 100 shirt on. And I remember saying, hey, they run 100 laps somewhere, <laughs> and these, uh, I've got to go. And uh, to be able to do that last year was pretty awesome. Well, I put it off a long time, too, before I ever went for the first time, and that was 2014, and I hadn't missed it yet. And I that was... The first one I went to was a dream. And I kind of... 
I mean, I got to experience it all, but the, it rained out Friday night when they the old school format where they tech on Thursday and then Friday was qualifying and, and heat races and stuff like that. And uh, No, I think you just qualified on Friday night back then, and then all the heat races and everything were on Saturday, and they cut, you know, top 120 made it, and the rest of them went home. Well, it rained out Friday night, so they did it all on Saturday, and I was like, ah, still didn't get the experience, <laughs> like the true Eldora. And then I think the next time I went back there is when I was working for Lanigan. No, I was, I was working for a team in Mississippi. And finally went up there, and we raced, and I was like, this is, that's the only place for me working on race cars that I would get, like, nervous and, mm-hmm. and antsy. Mm-hmm. That Saturday at 7 o'clock, when that first heat race is sitting on pit road and they got the horse running around three and four with the flags oh it singing. makes the hair on your arm like, you're up. sitting there like i mean you're like oh shit this is this is the world 100 like this is Absolutely. this is it you know and some people are like oh, you're out in the middle of a field in, in ohio what, why would that do that to you but it, it that as a crew member as a driver anything else that was go time like mm-hmm. this is it this is everybody in the sport is looking at this race right now there's nothing else going on so like it was that's it's it it's, it's pretty it's definitely awesome. a awesome place awesome experience so and it's like he said they hit you and and one guy went last year now you're taking eight buddies yeah. oh, up yeah. there it's, there's eight of us going and and we can't get there fast enough yeah you know, I, I can't that's wait that's all we're talking about I can't wait yeah. I talk about it I mention it every day I mean it's yeah, it's it's what I'm looking forward to, no doubt. I do it every week. I look forward to the weekend, <laughs> go racing. Yeah, every weekend. That's cool. right. Well, yeah. So I heard that there's a certain number six car there that's not going to have a driver, and uh, I believe we know the car owner and with your resume that you've brought up on here. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, I don't we know can if make I can, a, We uh, can make a phone call. We got a little pool, <laughs> just a little bit. But you know, that's the thing when you when you get out of seat like that yeah. for a little while. And you watch it, and you still follow it. Like these dirt guys are talented. Like they're they're not, way good. Oh they? yeah, they are really good. And and I think you know someone like Kyle Larson that goes out and just kills them on Sunday. This this is helping. You know he's learning how to drive this thing. But you know I had this conversation last week. Um, I think in my lifetime that that dirt racing, especially the dirt late model world, over time will be the live event on tv and we'll be streaming oh yeah you know the nascar stuff because when you go to a dirt race these fans are passionate they love it and it's exciting it's short and sweet and entertaining and and that's what everybody wants nowadays and dirt racing gives us that it yeah that's that's the thing about it like you you talk to some of these asphalt guys and and they're like only run 50 laps i mean and then a lot of them like i go I've, i've gone to like the snowball derby and and big late model asphalt stuff and they're like they're there for four or five days practicing and testing and i'm like well, why do you, you know drivers are complaining why well, we gotta be here for four days i'm like won't you do like we do like, mm-hmm. what do you mean i said six o'clock we have hot laps and then right after that we have qualifying we're racing heat yeah. race and then he's like well when do y'all work on your car i said in between doing all that like it's <laughs> it's fast paced like once yeah. once you get the yeah. the night going i mean there's there's no downtime like i said you, you go right into hot laps into qualifying and the heat races feature i mean bam 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 like it's it, you got action there's, there's, all night there's no time need a cheeseburger and drink no. a coke you got to go yeah and but, the and the best thing about it is there's none of this you know you watch the cup stuff like don't get me wrong, I like it. I like it. I'm not going to 
not watch it, but you can kind of sit back and like, okay, the first hundred laps, like you don't really have to watch, right? I mean, people are positioning themselves, but they're looking for four hundred miles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dirt race, you ain't got that chance. It's you go time. Go. Like if you're if you're starting out of the top three rows. There ain't no time to wait. You got to go now. And then the guys up front got to, okay, I got to protect my position because all these guys are trying to get it. And then, you know, like in, that. in a couple laps, they're getting lapped. There's no lucky else. dogs or no gimmicks. No. And then and then you're talking about Eldora, you know, you start 28 cars or whatever it is. If you go, if you start toward the back, and it's hard just to make, the, make it in that yeah. field. But if you go a lap down early, I mean, you you're done. might as you're well done. park it. There's it's, no, there's no, oh, well, I'll, next caution, I'll get the lucky dog or pit strategy or nothing. No, it's... And when we, you go in the pits, you get to see a guy like Davenport climb out, and he's changing his own shocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't you don't get that anywhere else. No, and no, that's that's a good thing as far as absolutely a fan experience. I mean, you go to you go to Eldora. I mean, it's it might be five dollars more to get a pit pass that weekend, and you walk around the pits, and like you said, you see all the drivers. I mean, I worked for Daryl Lanigan, and one of the best in in the business. He's there working all day with us. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. taking the shocks off. He's in there dynoing them. You know, every every change on the car went through him. He's like, okay, yeah, change that. Like, Or he did it himself. Right. So, like, you get to, you know, as a fan, you can go in there and you can sit there and right in front of your our car and watch us all work, you know, kind of see up in the trailer, see the driver actually work on the car. You can... If you want to walk up to them and, and get their autograph instead of waiting for oh well three o'clock we're gonna have a drive you know and don't so, get that anywhere else no absolutely like, dirt racing it's it's where it's at for me I I'm a dirt fan me t- me too by far that's why we do this podcast hey, I, man I'm I'm just looking forward to it and like I said I'm I really appreciate you coming on here and doing this I guess we really haven't even really scratched the surface there's probably so much more layers to all that petty stuff and all that and course we'll sit around drink drink a couple of beers up there at the world and we'll we'll talk we'll talk about a bunch of that there but uh yeah man it's uh you know you you hear people say i had a teacher in the in like the sixth or seventh grade that said came to came to teach us his name was keith cartwright he says if i can just make an impact on one student here that's my goal and i thought about that and he he made an impact on me and then you made an impact on me by, you know, giving me that opportunity to come work there and uh, introduced me to a lot of good people. So I appreciate your friendship and all that throughout and uh, definitely appreciate you coming and doing this podcast with us and uh, we'll probably do it again sometime soon. Yeah, man, yep. it's uh, it's been great, you know, getting to come up here yep. with both you guys and it's really been fun over the years watching you, you know, progress from petties and, and uh, just growing the, you know, everybody knows Kyle Armstrong, right? <laughs> And uh, who doesn't know, Carl right? Armstrong. And and I get the biggest kick out of that because I, I got to see you, you know, and, and you're still the same guy you were back then. And had a chance to go to your house a couple times, and you know, just your family and, and the way you guys were raised, um, it shows in the person you are. So, well, I appreciate you saying that, yeah, man. It's uh, it's been good to have you on here, and uh, you know, your friendship and all that. And we'll do this again someday, and we'll have a we'll have a beer. At the at the world, yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> uh, maybe next that. time we can tell the story um, where you ended up in the hot tub at, at at one of my parties. So we'll say <laughs> that. That was time. that was that was uh, that was unplanned. I think <laughs> I think they said hand me your phone, and at least they did that. And then they threw me in the hot tub, socks, shoes, everything, and boots, <laughs> whatever yeah, I had. Nine, so. Yes, what a party. 
<laughs> that wasn't a possum night, was it? <laughs> no, that was a different time. I mean, those were those were wilder days. But anyway, we showed up to a limousine, and we—I don't remember who all was there. I don't want to—I don't want to name anybody. But we—I told him, I said, "Man, there's this uh, buddy of mine. He's got a party going on over at his house, and we we booked a limousine and brought us right to the front door." And I think he was just so impressed. <laughs> I was, was I fast. Know. Phil Bonifield that drove us there in his yeah. old limousine. That's good times. <laughs> <laughs> just in a, just a neighborhood house party. There's a house party. We get a limousine. That's how Armstrong rolls. That's right. Yeah. He can't just show up in a pickup truck. He's got to get a limousine. He rolled the red carpet out when we got there. <laughs> He's got to go all out. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, this has been another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I believe we're going to take next week off since it's Memorial Day weekend, the holiday there and uh, some guys are taking a vacation here, and uh, I appreciate Rich for uh, producing this thing, and uh, he's going to take a little bit of much-needed time off next week. So we'll come back the week after that, and it'll be, I guess, a little bit cl- a little bit closer to to that dream at Eldora, and hopefully can work on something special to kind of preview that and maybe get a very special guest or two on there to maybe that was in that first race. Just stay tuned, and we'll see what we can put together. So, uh Thanks to Eric Coombs for coming by the studio tonight and and Adam Logan for being here as usual. And uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the Forward Bike Podcast.